Hello there, I am Paul Wicker. And I'm J.D. Prater. Today is May 4th, also known as Cinco de Mayo. Also, may the 4th be with you. And these are your top seven PPC headlines from this week. Wish I spoke better Spanish. <laughs> Let's begin. Bienvenidos. That means welcome. Bienvenidos a El PPC Show. Mm, muy bien. Y tú? <laughs> That's about all I know. Numero uno. Facebook. So we're going to talk a lot about Facebook. They just had their big FA developers conference. They had a number of announcements. So uh, a lot of Facebook to get to. Uh, One thing they didn't announce at FA, I don't think, was the analytics feature. I think this came actually after. But so let's talk about that first. And you've played with Facebook Analytics. It's a competitor to Google Analytics. What do you think of it? Yeah, I really like it. I like it on a couple of things. Uh, they, they're they're doing pretty well of tying together. So they're tying together like news feed action, like your your ads. They're tying together your um, like timelines. That's like your actual Facebook page for your business. And then they're able to tie in your website. And if you had an app, they could tie that in as well. And you could have like this really cool kind of uh, omni-channel. Um, view into things so they, they have some really cool like funnels that you can create some really cool re- uh, cohort analysis that said it was really built for mobile advertisers so like apps that's where it first started in my first experience with uh, Facebook analytics a couple years ago on the agency side for some app uh, advertisers but now they're really kind of pushing into the website and so it's not going to replace Google Analytics uh, anytime soon, but there are some things that you can definitely take advantage of and really jump into. I'll link it in the in the show notes, the, the blog post that I wrote about it, and some five ways you can take a look at it. But the big, cool new feature that they uh, announced was Journeys, and I think that one's going to be uh, pretty cool. Did you did you see that one? I did. I mean, it, you know, Google Analytics has it. It's that same kind of flow map where you can see like customers start and in their example, like they start on a mobile device and then this percentage move to a desktop device or this percentage move from Android to wherever. So it's one of those like flow analysis where you can see where people fall off, which is definitely very interesting. I don't know how people use use these things. I think if you're looking at like landing page uh, drop off, that's how like in Google Analytics we often look at it, you know, like for the customer journey. But uh, so it looks cool. Looks a lot like the Google Analytics feature. It's weird timing to announce new analytics features when you're getting pummeled by uh, the government and press about privacy. So it is a little tone deaf, maybe, to put this out now. Although they did make a point to say this is not letting you track any behavior at the individual level. It's all about aggregated behavior. So it kind of skirts that whole privacy issue. Yeah, and then they also um, launched a new mobile app, so you can have Facebook Analytics on your mobile phone. So. You know, for those on the go that want to be looking at their analytics, I don't know why you would want to, but hey, it's a cool, you know, it's a cool thing. I always make fun of these apps because I don't think anybody ever uses no. them. But um, but hey, you know, you got to build one. At some point, enough like CEOs are like, we need a mobile app. <laughs> um, I also want to mention one other thing. Uh, there is this new enhancement that gives like auto insights. Mm, so they'll, cool. they'll yeah. look at the funnel you've built. So if you've laid out a funnel. Or they auto-detect funnels, so they'll watch users use, you know, Facebook, Newsfeed, and interact with your website or app, and they'll create funnels for you, which is cool. Although, their samples and their screenshots and, like, the ones they create are always so random and useless feeling. For basically all products, you know, we use Mixpanel, which is a way to, like, trap, uh, track uh, our application usage. They do this, too. It's always like they just give you these random insights. For example, Facebook's insight is week one retention was higher for women who visited content 10 times. What do you do with that? 
It's like, like, go find more women that are viewing your content at least 10 times. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Let me just change my... So maybe people know how to use that, but I don't know. Anyway, more Facebook. Now we're talking about the F8. And how do we not talk about FaceDate, the new <laughs> dating service from Facebook? Yeah. I mean, oh, man. This one was also like... I, I was watching this one and then, you know, watching Zuck announce it. And I, I, I just... Yeah, like, and it was all about creating, um, you know, relationships that are like meaningful and long term and long lasting. So this is not a a hookup site, you know. And it's like, what? Right. I, <laughs> I mean, thought I thought people wanted. I thought that's why people went on these dating apps was to you hook up enough times you realize, hey, all right, like let's date. But yeah, I, I get I get what he's saying, but um, it, it was kind of a. Again, kind of weird and kind of funny, kind of interesting. I am out of touch with dating I'm apps, of, so I have no yeah. idea if people want to use this. Uh, I do think it's funny because your friends can't see your dating profile, which is, you know, I get that. Like, you don't want your friends, <laughs> I guess, to see that. But it does mean that your non-friends can see it. So all those people from high school who you've blocked your whole life because you're like, I don't want to be friends with these people, <laughs> they're the ones that can see your dating profile. <laughs> so it's like the weird creepers have more access than your actual friends. Uh, so hopefully they put some filters that let you like block connections uh, for those people who are uh, always being creeped on uh, Facebook. <laughs> and I will say that, like I said, I don't know much about the dating app space, but the investors do like it because Tinder is owned by Match Group and their shares fell 22% based on the news. So at least in the investment community, they think this is going to be a real competitor to uh, sites like Tinder or Match.com. Wow. Man, I didn't realize that one. That one's pretty big. Um, yeah, there's some other cool stuff that we've got. Uh, clearing history, right? So you'll be able to go in and clear out any of those apps, any of that history, any of that data that uh, Facebook has collected on you. Um, the only warning there, right, is you know this could be really bad for marketers. It could be bad for your experience as well, as Mark uh, kind of came out and said and said, hey, look, if you do this, though, things will look different. Your newsfeed will change and it won't be as personalized or as, you know, tailored to you. Just know that if that's not a big deal, clear it, figure it out. But just also know as the advertisers were like, no, don't right. keep, keep your cookies. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, as marketers, you know why it's so useful to know when people have seen your ads and, right. uh, you know, what people are interested in. So I imagine people's audience lists are going to drop considerably in size as a lot of people remove themselves from audience lists. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, there was some news about Instagram kind of messaging and all that fun stuff. So uh, number one, there is now going to be video chat and Instagram. It was kind of the obvious missing piece. So now they're going to add that in. Um, and also for stories, making it easier to stare, uh, stare, share content from things like Spotify, SoundCloud, your GoPro videos, so you can actually share them directly into stories in Facebook and Instagram much more easily. So two things they're really trying to do to drive uh, usage of Instagram. Yeah. Then uh, on the Messenger side, quite a few there. Uh, app review process is now reopened. So this is really big for all of you uh, chatbot fans out there that are you know wanting to build out all of those that you can now do that. You've kind of had been suspended for like the last, I don't know, like three weeks to a month, haven't been able to do that. And then also the uh, the translation part, uh, going from English into Spanish. So getting a lot of the, the Spanish speakers. Yeah, when I was in China, China, um, I don't know, a few years ago, I used to use Google to communicate with the cab drivers because you could just type something in, use Google Translate and show them the phone. So maybe... Um, Maybe I'll use Facebook next time. I'll just be like, hey, I'll, 
hope they'll have Chinese support by then, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. um, I don't, this is consistent with their message of connecting, you know, building meaningful connections between people. This lets people who don't speak the same language communicate. So that's great. Um, one other thing, uh, WhatsApp, speaking of international growth, WhatsApp hit 450 million stories. And it's really starting to just pummel Snapchat, which is uh, riding the fail train <laughs> for a while now and trying to turn things around. But um, people are saying, really, WhatsApp has now taken the international market. Uh, hey, it's the Cinco de Mayo alert on your uh, computer popped up. Uh, all right. A few other stories, kind of less relevant to marketers, but interesting. So maybe I'll just power through them. Yeah, power through. Oculus. They're launching a 199 Oculus Go product so you can strap VR onto your face. I have no idea if people are buying Google's, I think it's called Dream, their Dream headset. Uh, But Facebook is obviously going to go aggressive in the space. They paid a lot of money for Oculus. And I do think the world will soon be wearing headsets and it will be Ready Player One. So I think we're moving that direction. And Oculus TV is their version of watching uh, 3D video like as television, right? So Facebook Watch, which is the way you can kind of watch TV on Facebook, will also stream 3D video. And they say Netflix and Hulu are going to arrive eventually. And lastly, they're putting 3D illustrations and models onto the newsfeed. So this is when you take like a normal photo and you turn it into like this 3D photo that as you move it, the foreground and background move around. And if you have a VR headset or if you move your phone around, they like the perspective changes. So they're really trying to force 3D into the experience, I think, to get us on board. So that is all the Facebook news. That was a big week. Yes. Uh, Let's move on to Snapchat. So Snapchat is rebranding their promoted stories as story ads, and they made them available programmatically via its like self-serve platform. So um, before this was only exclusive to like certain advertisers and it was only, you know, still only available like in the discovery feed or sorry, the, the discover feed. But, um, now you can buy them, um, via their self-serve platform if you're using that. Nice. You can also buy the snap stock at an all time low of $10 and 90 cents. <laughs> so that did not help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had their earnings, uh, published and in their earnings report, they got, they got abused. Um, so hopefully stories... Uh, being available self-serve helps them turn that around a bit. Yeah. And they were also uh, doing some testing. Some The news broke around uh, these six-second unskippable ads. So kind of like those bumper ads that you're used to seeing um, on uh, on YouTube. YouTube. So you can now kind of see those that make sure that you get that six-second story in. Right. It's uh, They're trying to make money. And they're like, hey, unskippable <laughs> pre-rolls, that's a way to make money. Uh, so then GDPR is hitting. So the deadline for GDPR is, I think, May 25th. 25th, yep. Uh, so if you haven't been getting bombarded with emails from every tool you use about GDPR, uh, I don't know who you are, but as marketers, we're getting them all the time. Uh, Google Analytics had a huge announcement. All, the whole Google 360 suite. Ad stage, uh, we have a GDPR announcement that we will also spam you with soon because we are uh, GDPR compliant as well. So uh as a result, though, they've turned down what you can do with DoubleClick, specifically the DoubleClick ID. It's a pretty complicated topic, so we won't get into it other than if you're a big company, you're probably using DoubleClick for your display, and you can use that unique ID to kind of track impressions from various publishers, and, and kind of using that ID as like the core identification that you use to tie a bunch of stuff together, and Google is basically going to not let you do that anymore. 
Yeah, and this is really big for attribution stuff. Um, but uh, the other part to that, too, is it's going to really hurt your ability to kind of measure the, the reach and frequency of those campaigns compared to other platforms by limiting any measurement using the DoubleClick ID to Google's own, like, Ads Hub, uh, Ads Data Hub. And so it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how that plays out because uh, I think the biggest one that people ha- are really trying to think through is that conversion attribution is going to be really difficult if you don't have user IDs. So Yeah, and the other, you know, people are saying, oh, the other networks are going to keep letting you do that, and maybe it's competitive advantage, but I have a feeling the Google lawyers were like, let's be super cautious, and then if it turns out that all the other platforms are letting people continue to, like, pull IDs and, and use those to identify users, maybe they, they back off a bit. But I think they're just being cautious because GDPR is hitting, like, right now, plus the news cycle. Uh, speaking of news, TV news especially, turns out people love to watch TV and use Twitter. Yeah, I mean, this is a really good one. So uh, big announcement from Twitter, another great quarter, which was really good for them to see. And then the amazing part for for uh, me to kind of like think through was 50% of their Q1 revenue was from video ads, which is just mind boggling to me. But video ads must be crushing it right now on Twitter. They've got a lot of big brands doing it. You've probably seen a lot of like live video, a lot of live TV. I've seen like the Bloomberg TV, but people... We'll see if they really are tuning in to like live sports, and it seems like they are because uh, the big announcement was that, or at least the the case study that they did was that uh, Twitter ads are driving audiences to watch TV, which is it was kind of cool. So it's basically saying that by adding um, you know Twitter to existing TV campaigns, you can make your advertising work even harder. Yeah, there was a good stat in there. I mean, there's a few like uh, so Twitter. Plus TV for the BET Hip Hop Awards doubled the number of uh, folks tuning in to watch. And then there's a few sports examples where, you know, basically you run a TV campaign um, with some video in it. And, you know, those short clips of the video get people to tune in to the live event on TV. All makes sense. Uh, I think that is probably one of Twitter's strongest use cases for video and the video TV tie-in. Um, also, I was beating up on uh, Snapchat for their stock. Twitter really has rebounding. I was just looking. It used to trade around $40 back in like 2015-16. Then it kind of dived <laughs> for a while down to like the $15 to $20 mark. And it's been pretty consistently now. They've been trading uh, around the $30 uh, zone. So really Twitter, I think getting it gets beat up quite a bit because people love to, to pick on successful companies. But they are doing a good job in terms of uh, stock price. So nice yeah. job, Twitter. Yeah, last four months have been really strong. Even looking at like the last six months. So good job, good job. Turning it around. And the last story we have is about AdWords. Uh, so really this is for people running like SMB type ads. Um, people who run local search ads where really, you know, you have a brick and mortar and you're using uh, Google like location extensions and your physical location to let Google do a lot of the work to generate the ads. Um, And now you basically, Google will do everything. You don't even need to use keywords. You just let Google use location data um, to figure out like when to to serve your ad. Um, Because Google's basically saying that, you know, we know where people are, why they're there, what they're looking for. So just kind of tell us what you do and give us your location and your website and your location extensions, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, so you think about SMB, right? You think about the the dentist, the, you know, mechanic, restaurant. the restaurant. You may not have time, you may not have the, the resources to really put behind it to figure out which keywords or the keyword bidding or the negatives, right? So this really kind of allows them to quickly get up and started. And it's a fantastic read and fantastic article from a friend of the podcast, Andy Taylor, over at Mark, uh, at Merkel. So go in and check out that one as well because it was a pretty fascinating read to kind of understand 
um, these local service ads and what they're really trying to accomplish. And it's um, one last point on it. Uh, Google My Business, which is still the worst product name Google has thought of. <laughs> uh, although maybe uh, Google Wave. No, what was the other one? Google, uh, what was their their social product? Google Plus? Google Plus. That was pretty terrible too. Yeah. Uh, Google My Business. It sounds like a command, not a product name. Google My Business. Um, they added a few new features recently that make these kind of auto-generated ads more powerful um, because you get out of business to 